Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Morning, Adam. So, is this a storm in the teacup, or is it a storm that's likely to continue and get even worse for Pascal Donahue, Sean? What's, what's your reading of it? Well, look, it's been a storm in the political bubble, all right, and it sort of burst out of that, but I think if you talk to a lot of people, they're more concerned with, with other things, you know, the, the likes of the Tams report, for example, on Monday, and, and other issues that are going on, rather than, you know, this sort of less than three grand of spending uh, by a businessman to, to help out a minister over the course of, of two years, but it has brought Pascal Donoghue closer to questions about his role than he's probably ever been in the past, and I think that yesterday's doll statement, he went into it under an awful lot of pressure. I think when John Sheen talks about throwing people under the bus, it is the businessman, Michael Stone, the one who gave him these, these donations, who released a statement yesterday morning, saying that in fact he had also given him a help out in the 2020 election, as well as the 2016 election in 2020, also paying for six people to do postering and paying for use of a van. And that became the, the nub then of Pascal Donahue's statement in the door when he said that the, the donation of a van worth about uh, uh, or a num- number of bands worth about €434 Euro during the 2020 election was in breach of CIPO election donation rules. There's a cap of €200 Euro on corporate donations. So uh, that, that was an unlawful donation and he's going to refund the designer group which Mr Stone runs. Mr Stone basically said, that, look, Pastor Gunn, who asked him a number of times, did you pay uh, for anyone to help me out in the 2020 election? And that up until last week he had said no a number of times before reviewing his accounts and finding out that he had in fact done that. And in light of uh, no, his mistakes, and I suppose the controversy that he said he caused the minister again sort of taking blame for it, he stepped down from two state bodies, the Land Development Agency uh, and uh, the North Inner City Task Force, both of which he was uh, jobs he was undertaking pro bono, not taking any fees or any sort of expenses. So he's paid a price for this, and I suppose those bodies have paid a price in terms of his expertise. But in terms of Pascal Donahue, last night's doll statement didn't really land a solid but, uh, punch on him. You know, it might have been mortifying for him, but it certainly wasn't a mortal uh, blow that came. So this is the third time he's spoken on this now. Is this at the end of it? It now goes to CEPO. What's likely to happen next with this, Sean, please? Well, so the, the immediate thing that I'll be watching is leaders' questions today to see whether Mary Lou McDonald does try to bring this into another day. And if she does, then there are potentially further legs on it. But the, the calculation that the opposition parties have been trying to make over the last 24 hours is, you know, is they see it. Is there any more to come out, given the past who has said several times he hasn't changed his, his story, given it to the best of his knowledge, and that the mistake was, was Michael Stone's comes down to whether or not you actually believe him on that and whether the opposition parties believe there's more to come. If there is any more to come, uh, Pascal Donahue certainly denied that there would be and no one managed to winkle it out of him in that hour of debating time. There is also open the option, of course, of putting down a confidence motion. I, I no doubt that like to say before profit might consider that, but I don't think it's quite a controversy on that level. In terms of SIPO, then, we could be waiting a very, very long time because they, they're not a body that moves quickly on these things. The investigation into Pascal who could take more than a year, could take 12 months or more. It's fairly routine that these things take quite a lot of time. So I think for now, it certainly seems like he has done enough to stave off the controversy around himself. And while it is embarrassing for him, uh, it isn't probably going to cost him his job. But the, the opposition will no doubt look at every avenue to see if they can ma- make it last a little longer because this right. is a ministry they've had very little dirt on for the last few years. has been something of a golden boy to the government. They're going to try and make it uh, make him bleed as much for this as they can. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Cam's there at the start and of course we heard from uh, Independent Deputy Verona Murphy and Labour Party Deputy Brendan Howland on this issue and there is dull time reserved for tomorrow, isn't there, to, to deal with this issue. Is this going to be the big talking point over the next 48 hours? There is. Look, well, I, I kind of hope so, to be honest, because 
in fairness to Ivana Bassett, yesterday at Leader's Questions, she was sort of one leader that diverted away to that instead of going after Pascal Donahue on it, which, which Sinn Féin did. Um, and you, you just think in the scale of sort of scandals and controversies that the, that the country is facing, it's so much bigger. You know, what Pascal Donahue did wasn't right, and obviously CDs should be properly declaring their expenses and all that, but at the end of the day, we're talking about less than three grand of spending over two elections. Whereas on the other hand, with the CAM story, we're talking about 22,000 uh, children, 22,000 people under the age of 18 within that system, 160 of whom were lost to the system, with many of them being on some sort of antipsychotic medication, which can have really, really serious effects on you, totally lost to any sort of follow-up and proper care. You've got children ageing out of the system, going from, uh, you know, being a 17-year-old to suddenly being an 18-year-old without any sort of support from the system and being totally and utterly lost. You've got a staffing crisis there. You've got them unable to find uh, properly trained sort of consultants and psychiatrists to actually help here. It just seems like so much of a bigger issue. And in an era where we are sort of finally coming out of this old Irish shell of not being able to talk about our mental health, and you've got more and more people coming forward saying, yeah, you know what, I have a problem, I need help here, and parents trying to get that help for their children, I just think it's so much of a bigger issue and something that really needs to be fixed rather than uh, a controversy, which, yes, Pascal Dunne was absolutely wrong to do uh, what he did and should have been more on top, but as minister in charge of reform, mm. but on the balance of big scales, you know, there's, there's right. no comparison, I think. And that's all going to unfold tomorrow afternoon, is it, Sean, this whole area? It is, yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's uh, all... Yeah? Sorry, the dull, dull time for, for statements tomorrow afternoon. So we will hear, hopefully, from the health minister and the junior health minister Mary Butler as well, who has a charge for mental health, and to see whether anything more will come from it. Stephen Donnelly gave a brief update to cabinet yesterday, and all the political heads, the likes of you know Leo Varadkar and Michael Martin, they've all said it's unacceptable, and particularly the likes of, of children on drugs being left without follow-up is awful. The two of them are also former health ministers, and between them, they've been in government for the last what twenty, uh, going back to nineteen ninety-seven, twenty-five years now. At this stage, you know it's yeah. not as if they're, they're entirely blameless. Okay, like if someone has just texted in, I think they agree with the, the train of thought that they said, I think they should shut up now about Pascal Donoghue and get on with more important things. And I think a lot of people would agree with that texture and agree with the, the comments you shared with us this morning. Uh, there are so many more important things to deal with. I, th- I think so. Look, it's like it, it, it's always important to keep politicians accountable. There's, there's no denying that, and I'm not suggesting that uh, entirely. But in the you know the rank of scales, what he did was wrong, but not you know not so precisely wrong that I think we need to spend weeks and weeks talking about it when there are so many other things. And the way I kind of gauge this is you know constantly aware that I sort of live a bit in the political bubble by nature of my job. I try to talk to people who aren't in that bubble. And, the, you know, they're sort of telling me, you know, what's all this about? Okay, if you want to grow and he's actually a pretty decent minister, can we move on now and maybe fix yeah. that housing thing or fix that health thing or, you know, whatever the, the issue is. Okay, as always, Sean, thank you. We'll link touch base with you again. We'll follow the CAM story with interest, which is going to be the big talking point tomorrow uh, and one that I'm sure the uh, whole of the country will be watching very, very closely as to what unfolds here. Is Stephen Donnelly like to come under pressure because of this, Sean, before I let you go home? Yeah, personal pressure, not so much. I think I think he, he was a very lucky man yesterday to not be in the dock where Pascal Donahue was over this particular issue. Um, we've gotten to this sort of apathy within the political system on health, that health is so big and so unwieldy and there's so many problems that it has to be something almost outrageously huge in proportion to call for the head of the health minister. Um, so I don't think he's going to come under pressure for his job, but I think he needs to come under serious pressure to fix the problems that are in the system, him and Mary Butler and the wider government, because 
rather than, you know, uh, just sacking someone and moving in someone else who's going to not get to grips with the issue in the terms of this government. Let's see Matt Lee move on and deal with it and hopefully put a lot of money aside in this year's budget to actually fix some of those problems. We all know that mental health services is not something you're going to fix in a few months. It's much wider than that. There's a big staffing uh, crisis in the, in the sector, but you need to put the building blocks in place now if there's any hope of being dealt with over the coming years. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran.